This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. This is the evening edition with Lynn and Sherrod. Tonight, we're back with our second episode of Clean Cut, where we invite comedians to come to the station and perform a set. Just like last time, the idea here was to challenge them to perform without risking, well, our license, but also their reputation. This will be happening in the last week of every month, with the exception of today. Haha. Uh-huh. Uh, so the idea here is that you'll be listening to a short interview followed by the set that they performed here at uh, our own uh, BFM offices. So here's comedian Kevin Jay who spoke to our producer Alia Zefri. So, first question, what does your brand of comedy involve and what makes you unique? I think my brand of comedy is a bit more mix of a lot of emotions, which is why I pride myself too. I think uh, there's a lot of comedians who work on one thing, which is laughter, which is a good thing. Don't get me wrong. I I'm not saying that that's not a good thing to work on as a comedian. But uh, for me, it's I, I I take you on a roller coaster of emotions: uh, frustrated, angry, sad. You know, yeah. Hopefully, it's a good thing like, for me to do that because I like the fact that I bring you on an adventure with me. You're in the car with me while we take this adventure. How do you feel you've evolved as a comedian? I think uh, we started out. Uh, well, I started out 17 years ago. When you know there was not much comedy in Malaysia, I think there was one or two. I think Haris Iskandar, Joanne Kam were the only comedians in Malaysia at that time, and uh, the audience was very immature at that time as well. I think people who used to come to our shows were more looking towards you know the racial jokes. You know, Indian is this, Chinese is this, Malay mm. is this kind of joke. And I think the audience grew with us as an evolution. To our comedy as well, I think we we grew out of those kind of jokes to deeper jokes, to talking about you know social issues and talking about current affairs and talking about our lives in general and how it affects us. And I think the audience is you know it, it, they evolved with us and they came with us through that journey and you know now they expect a bit more from us. You know not just the same old. You know, Malay is this, Chinese is this, Indian is this. We, they they don't like that jokes anymore. They want they want something more from you. And I think we all have uh, evolved to that stage. And I definitely have uh, you know evolved to you know telling a bit more messagey in my jokes. I guess you know telling people like you know my life story and how I I I you know sometimes go through emotional distress or you know medical stuff. It's it's hard for sometimes to to make that public, but it doesn't matter because for me, it's about you know letting people know that it's okay to talk about things. It's okay to talk about you know certain things that make you uncomfortable as well. You have voiced out about the issue of telling comedians what they can say. Why is it important for you that comedians be given this autonomy? I think uh, you know in many cases uh, a lot of people. Seem to think that I am, uh, you know, I I believe in free speech, and I do, I do believe in free speech. But I also believe in free uh, with the freedom of speech does not mean the freedom of consequence because you know whatever you say, if it's horrible, you should face the consequences for what you say. And uh, you know, but I believe that sometimes you know people take it too far. People go like, oh, you can't do this, or you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't do that. No, that's 
it's it's wrong to tell someone you can or cannot do, especially you know if you, you just on social media and uh, it becomes a, a a place where you know people just oh you can't do this or you can't do that. I think that is very diminishing in a lot of people's uh, expression. I mean, in any case, in any job, in any way, like you know, if you if you keep uh, pressing on their creativity or you keep pressing on saying that oh you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't do that, it becomes very difficult for them to express themselves. And in the comedy world as well, I think it it, it comes to a point where you know if you tell us we can't do it, then it becomes like why can't we do it? I mean, there's a lot of people who who can do a lot of things, and I'm not saying that you know there are boundaries within every single one of us. And I think as long as we don't cross that boundaries in so many ways, it it, it is okay for us to do it. Like for instance, a lot of people say, "Oh, you can't talk about, you can't joke about death, or you can't joke about, uh, you know, something that is really bad." Yes, you can. You can joke about it. The only thing is that you have to be really clever with it. Like, how do you do it? How do you do what you do, but you you make it entertaining for people? And that's the 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 fine line that we we try to, you know, walk every day. And by walking that line, sometimes we do you know step out of line once in a while. And and look, as I said, freedom of speech comes with uh, not doesn't come with freedom of consequence. And if we step out of line, guess what? We deserve the consequence that comes towards us. And we know you are allowed to be offended by things. I, I believe that. I believe wholeheartedly that you should be offended by things. And you, if you hear something that, that offends you, be offended. By all means, be offended. And I'll fight for your right to be offended. But however, make sure that you're offended for the right thing. You're not offended on behalf of someone else. Then it becomes, why, wait, why are you offended? Why are you telling me not to do something? when you are offended, but you are not affected by this. Or, you know, I, I still feel like sometimes, you know, on social media, it, it, it becomes a case of cancel culture become becoming weaponized, right? When they, you know, I, I believe in cancel culture. I believe that that is very important. I, I believe that, you know, if someone does something horrible, they should be canceled. But however, if you're using it as a weapon just because you can, then it becomes, you know, a misuse. If you, if, if, you know, in any weapon, in any case, if you misuse a weapon, it's against the law or, you know, it's against societal norms. This is a weapon as well. And this, if you use as a weapon going like, oh, if you say this, I'm going to cancel you. That's wrong. That's not how it works. That's not how it's supposed to work. So let's go back to the idea of the notion of clean comedy. Do you think it's possible to entertain people with it? Uh, is there a trick? Uh, and what is it? I think uh, clean comedy is something. It, it's a it's a form of comedy. Uh, uh, a lot of people use it, and a lot of people, you know, are very successful with clean comedy. And there's they, there's nothing wrong with clean comedy. Clean comedy. There, there are there are audiences that love clean comedy. They don't they don't like you know people swearing in their shows, or they don't like people doing you know saying certain things, which is completely fine. That's, that's your prerogative and that's what you want to listen to. That's all completely fine. That's that's where you, you stand. But however, you know, it, it all depends on what is clean to you, right? For some people, clean means no swearing, right? For some people, clean means no swearing and, you know, uh, certain topics are out of bounds. And then for some other people, clean comedy means my three-year-old child can understand it and laugh as well. So 
it, it depends on where you stand in the clean comedy range, right? Uh, I believe that you know every every genre has its uh, audience, and every level of cleanness has its audience as well. And if you if you sit in a certain way of cleanness, that's completely up to you. Or comedians, you know, they 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 can sit on any part of that thing. Like I've done clean comedy as well. Like you know, I do corporate shows where I need to do clean comedy in a way. But is it really clean? I don't think so. I still, you know, kind of, there's a line that I I find and I try not to step over it, but I play along that line. Like, I, I want to be as loud as possible without screaming, if you know what I mean. I, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be along that line, but not quite cross mm. it. Do you have any final thoughts to leave us with? I think, uh, you know, be responsible for yourself. Wherever you're on social media, whether, wherever you are, on, you know, even in real life in society, just be responsible. And uh, responsibility comes in many ways, especially in social media, where, you know, you are responsible to keep uh, expression, freedom of expression and freedom of, you know, people being there uh, for, for, so for social media purposes. Uh, you know, keep it fun and light rather than, you know, being, uh, you know, hateful and uh, just be, just just being a menace to everybody. I think being responsible on social media is a very big thing that people don't understand. And sometimes people use social media as a, as a tool to, you know, just, just spread hate and spread uh, a lot of, negativity around and I think that we are getting towards a point where social media becomes a place where people it's fearful to go it's, it's a very fearful place like what if I say something wrong what if I do something wrong what if something that I said 10 years ago is brought up now and I will be cancelled I mean just be responsible be that person don't be that person to just go out there and just threaten everybody and just be like oh no I just want to make this into a safe place just you proactively can make it into a safe space. You can be that guy who is, you know, uh, militant about it. Just be responsible. Kevin, thanks so much. No worries. Thank you so much, Alia. So that was an interview that our producer Alia Zafri did with comedian Kevin J. We're going to be heading for a break now, but after that, you will be hearing the set that he performed live in front of BFMers. You are listening to BFM's Clean Cut, BFM 89.9. Best Flipping Moments, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good evening, you're with Lynn and Sherrod and you're listening to Clean Cut, our new monthly comedy series where we invite a comedian to come and perform a set in our office with the challenge being that it has to be clean, but of course, funny. So earlier you heard an interview conducted by one of our producers, Alia, who spoke with uh, the comedian, Kevin J. Now here's the set that he performed. This is nice to be here. This is very nice to be here in BFM. Uh, this was not what I expected when I applied for a job here. <laughs> but never mind, it's okay. Uh, I am, uh, I, I don't know if you know, uh, I've been on a health journey uh, over the past six months. And uh, let me tell you one thing, right? I've been on a keto diet, right? How many of y'all know what a keto diet is? Make some noise. Woo! Okay, so I don't have to explain it. I've been on the keto diet for six months now and I've already lost 
the will to live. Uh, it's a horrible diet. I don't know who created the keto diet, but I want to find him. And I want to do things to him. You see, because there's rules to keto diet, right? The first rule, you cannot eat rice. You cannot eat rice. I, as a Malaysian Indian, do you know how embarrassing that is? That I cannot eat rice. How, how do I start this conversation with my parents? How do I tell my mother I don't eat rice? She will disown me, you understand? I cannot do it. And what? what? The second rule, you cannot eat bread. You can, bread is 90% air. Huh? Okay, I, don't, I didn't know air was unhealthy. Okay, I, look, I, I don't know about you, but I thought bread was health food. Okay, because when I was young, right, whenever I was sick, my mother would give me bread. Right, stomach pain, bread. Type 2 diabetes, bread. Right, it's, right, I, when I was really sick, right, when I was really sick, she put tiger balm on the bread. Wait, why are you all laughing? Am I the only one eating the tiger balm sandwich? Thanks. Right, I knew, I knew it, my mother would bring something. I knew it. But the thing is, Asian households will always have uh, miracle cures, correct? Every, every household will have a miracle cure. Like, you know, uh, for some people it's Vicks, for some people it's Tiger Balm, for some people it's uh, Minyak Chap Kappa or Axe Oil, right? You remember that one? Yes, yeah. If you don't know what Minyak Chap Kappa or Axe Oil is, it's what old people use like drugs. <laughs> right? You always see that. Ah. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to put that up on it. Now, <laughs> uh, no, but the thing is, uh, my aunt, my aunt is one of the big, big proprietor of this whole thing, right? My, my aunt is a pharmacy, not a pharmacist. <laughs> All right, she's a pharmacy. She's a pharmacy, yes. See, what I mean is, in her handbag, <laughs> in her handbag, there is more drugs than the average person in Brickfields. <laughs> okay, you can go up to her with any ailment, any ailment that you that you have. You can go up to her, she'll have the medicine for you. You have headache, she will have the medicine. Panic, well, yes, that's one, right? Or other things. She will have a range, don't worry. It's like a bar, it's like a cocktail bar, right? If you have high blood pressure, she has the medicine. She doesn't have high blood pressure. <laughs> Where did she get the medicine from? Nobody knows. Right? She got, I mean, after all this, over the pandemic, I found out, ironically, that my auntie, the same auntie who is a pharmacy, is anti-vaccination. I know, I know, right? This same auntie who is... You know, and I asked her, why? Why are you anti-vax? She looked at me, she said, no, because I don't know what's in the vaccine. Right? Auntie, we don't know what's in your handbag. <laughs> And then she said, no, no, not only that, not only that, because I don't want to simply put things in my body. I don't want to simply put things in my body. And I'm like, auntie, you just gave me seven years expired Panadol, you know? You are simply putting things into my body. You understand? Right? And last but not least, she said, no, no, not only that, not only that. The most important thing is that I don't want Bill Gates. I know, right? You got the WhatsApp as well. I don't want Bill Gates to control my mind. I don't want Bill Gates to control my mind. Auntie, you fail SPM, you know. 
nobody want to control your mind. You understand? No, Bill Gates doesn't know who you are. Bill Gates doesn't care about you. In fact, if Bill Gates wants to control your mind, let him. <laughs> he will make better choices than you. Okay? But speaking about miracle cures, uh, there's always that one miracle cure that we all believe is better than the others, right? Indian, Indian households, we have one miracle cure that is the best in the world, all right? Indians in the house, please back me up on this. It's called French oil. <laughs> right? Now, there's some people with three bottles at least at home, right, Sharon? Right? It's, it's, it's one of those things. Right? It's a miracle cure. You can cure anything with French oil. You can cure anything. Right? If, if you go to the website, it includes 100% pure, unfiltered, organic. <laughs> it doesn't do anything. It, it's, it, it doesn't do anything. Right? But it, it's marketed as a cure-all. You can cure anything. You look at the adverts, right? If you're dark, you put French oil, you will become a source of light. Not fair, you know, you become a source of light, you understand? Your house got no electricity, you just walk in. Everything will be okay. Right? If you fall down, you break your arm, you put French oil, you grow another arm. Alright? That's why Indian art got ten arms, you understand? It's all facts. Right? Like my uncle, my uncle, he passed away last week and it's very sad, it's very sad. We tried French oil. <laughs> we, did. we did try French oil and guess what, ladies and gentlemen, guess what? He died. Uh, <laughs> it, it did not help. Uh, it, it, it did not work, it did not help. It did. Actually, it did help, it did help. The cremation was very fast. Right? <laughs> I know, I know, it's my uncle, shut up. <laughs> It's my uncle, it's okay. <laughs> who would have thought you put oil in a fire and it goes out, right? Who would have thought? Like, who would have thought? He went up like Christmas. He was great. He was like a show for everyone. Everyone was so happy. The kids were like, yay! Like, Your uncle died, can you shut up? <laughs> that is my time. Thank you. That was comedian Kevin Jay with the live set that he performed in our office a couple of weeks ago. Let us know what you thought about this segment. Did you find it funny? And also, who else you'd like to hear from? Uh, that number to WhatsApp, as always, 018-789-8899. And you can tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.